What has happened in Afghanistan is a disaster for the security of the United States. Leaving Afghanistan was the wrong thing to do, and it was done in the worst way possible. Like all bad decisions, it will have evil consequences, increasing the danger of another attack on the American homeland and making aggression and conflict more likely elsewhere in the world. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Jim Talent, former senator from Missouri. He joins us right now. You wrote that at National Review, sir, and you referred to the article. The article is headlined, A Fiasco in Full. You have an understanding of military operations. You chaired the Sea Power Subcommittee when you were uh, a senator. You're the chairman of the National Leadership Council at the Reagan Institute. But even in a world of strong words, these are some very, very strong words. This is a disaster, and we have no idea how big of a disaster we're creating. Talk me through how you see the last week and the decisions made by this administration. Yeah, well, uh, Tony, I appreciate that, by the way. I don't know that I've ever had an interview where anybody's uh, quoted me at length. Uh, we had a minimal investment of, in Afghanistan at this point because Trump's policies had enabled us to reduce the number of American troops to about 2,500. Uh, they were not in a direct combat role and not at high risk. And we leveraged 5,000 NATO troops for that. And for that, we were able to strike at our enemies in, Al- in Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, pretty much whenever and wherever we wanted to. Uh, we, were, we had a very important intelligence collection node, not just in Afghanistan, but in Pakistan, in Iran, which has a long border with Afghanistan, uh, and in China's western provinces, uh, which is where they are committing genocide against the Wagars. And we had a counterweight to Chinese influence in Southern Asia, that was very reassuring, for example, to India. So I, I was never in favor of leaving. I never understood the, the idea that, that there was something. Now, granted, the investment over 20 years was tremendous. But given that we were where we were, these were significant advantages for a minimal investment. There's also, there was also the tremendous downside risk that when we left, uh, we would signal to other countries that we were not going to protect them that they should not choose us as opposed to the Chinese. There was always the danger of uh, the Taliban taking over the country and reconstituting al-Qaeda there. And uh, there was the, uh, you know, the, the, the signal uh, that, that uh, we would not be able to collect the intelligence you know, that we needed and that the Chinese would move into Afghanistan and assume influence there. So I, I thought leaving was a mistake, but the way we left, I mean, it just magnified everything. And, and that's and where... So this is gonna, people who compare it to Saigon are right. In fact, it's probably worse. And that's where the real split in the conversation is. And it's a split between what America is discussing and what President Biden continues to discuss. He's discussing we had to leave Afghanistan. His pride point is that he ended the war not passing it along to another president what americans are looking at is how it has happened and when the white house says we haven't stranded americans it's clearly obvious that we have so before we go back to the idea of the uh staying in these kinds of places let's get into how you're viewing how this pullout has taken place and talk about that geopolitical in terms of what does taiwan see what does ukraine see what is as we're talking about what does estonia uh take take a look at 
that in in fears of of Russia making other moves. What what went wrong as you see it in how this pullout took place, and what are the effects in um, in the immediate and long term in Taiwan, Ukraine, and Estonia? Well, the effects are already happening. The Chinese press and think tanks are mocking us. I mean, remember they have a huge mechanism to advance their narrative, so they're already publishing articles, sending signals to the ASEAN countries, that's the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, and, of course, to Taiwan, saying the Americans are on the way out. You can't count on them. Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, was forced to make a statement that we would keep our commitments to our allies. The Taiwanese government was forced to say, we're not gonna, we wouldn't collapse like the, uh, like the Afghans, and we still believe in American resolve. The opposition party... In, in, in Taiwan is using it against the, this, the president who's very strong in favor of resisting uh, you know, t- Chinese aggression. It's already happening. The Chinese are negotiating with the Taliban. Now, they're going to move carefully. There's no reason for them to, to push or to be hasty. We're already seeing this play out. I mean, it's just, it's rational. Anybody could see it. And it's because of the decision, number one, but I think the way it was handled and why it worked that way, well, clearly there was no interagency planning. I mean, I, I, this, was a, this was a failure on a very, very fundamental level. And, and, and we're not through it yet. I mean, we're, the initiative is passed to the Taliban. So they're the ones who are going to decide uh, what happens now on the ground in, in Kabul as regards us. And uh, we're holed up in that airport. We can't get around. You, you're reading. You're, your listeners know what's going on there. It's an utter disaster. And everybody in Washington I talk to, I mean, Republican, Democrat, they're just so depressed. Everybody in the national security, you know, the, the networks of people who are involved in this because this is so bad. Talking to former U.S. Senator Jim Talent, uh, his piece at National Review, a fiasco in full let me go back to something you said in the piece discussing how never mind the 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 bungling of of the pullout that there is now a vacuum in afghanistan which china will try to fill you are not the first person i have read who has made the connection going back to libya the removal of Muammar gaddafi which people argued wasn't necessary at the moment and the power vacuum and the vacuum that was then filled by the muslim brotherhood Talk to me about how you see China trying to fill this vacuum in Afghanistan, considering that the Taliban is a believer in control over Afghanistan and doesn't seem, uh, from, from, from the outsider looking in, to be interested in striking deals with China that weakens their position. Oh, no, they're already talking. And the Taliban saying nice things about China. This is standard playbook for Beijing, is to negotiate deals with corrupt or authoritarian regimes. They don't care what the Taliban's going to do in its own country, right? So you start there. They have connections with the Taliban through Pakistan, which is a Chinese ally. And as I said in the column, the logical deal for them to try to cut, and I'm not certain this is going to happen, but that they're certainly going to try, is to get an agreement from the Taliban to protect Chinese nationals while they extract the enormous mineral wealth in Afghanistan, they have iron, they have copper, they have lithium, they have rare earth metals. This is, again, Chinese standard uh, Beijing's playbook. And what the Taliban will have to agree, again, is to let them do that and not to do anything that disturbs 
what the Chinese are doing in Xinjiang province to their Wagars, okay? Because Afghanistan is a very small, like a 50-mile border with China. And if the Taliban will agree to do that, the Chinese will do a lot for them. They'll cover for them internationally. They'll give them technology to snoop and oppress their own people. And they'll, they'll pay off their leaders at a minimum. I mean, in other words, again, all standard Beijing stuff. So that's why I think it's going to go that way. I'm not certain because the Taliban is crazy and the situation in, in Afghanistan may be very unstable for a while. But that's my fear. We take a look at, at the Taliban and we take a look at al-Qaeda and, and recognizing the similarities, of course, are the adherence to Sharia law. The differences, if, if we can describe it as such, is their idea of of point of of view in terms of desire. The Taliban is Afghanistan. That's what they want to control. Al-Qaeda wants a worldwide level uh, of, of control. How much of this China influence then allows for Al-Qaeda influence? And is Al-Qaeda, I'll use the term smart enough, are they really willing to play a game that they just go after the West and they don't eventually go after China and, and Russia as well? Well, I think certainly in the short term, that's the judgment Beijing's going to have to make, how trustworthy they are. And then Beijing's going to have to, to, to determine what kind of mechanisms they can use to effectively punish them if they violate that. So, I, you know, it's, you're right. I mean, they could end up turning on Beijing. But why should they? I mean, it's, it's the West that they've been attacking. Uh, it's the West that they see as particularly decadent and in decline. And the United States being the lead of that. I mean, they didn't fly the planes into any towers in, uh, in Beijing. So I think it's I, I see no reason to believe the Chinese will not think that is a plausible outcome. And again, they're already moving to do that. They've signaled they're going to recognize the government when it's formed. I expect them uh, to obstruct anything that we try and do in the U.N. in terms of sanctions or the rest of it. Again, all this remains to be seen. But, Tony, these were risks that were always there. I mean, it's, it's what I said. What we've done is accepted enormous risk in Afghanistan and magnify, magnified it just many, many times by the way we've done this. And the continued incompetence on the ground <clears throat> in Kabul, which I suspect is because we're, we're obviously very concerned what the Taliban's going to do to the Americans who are in Kabul talking to former U.S. Senator Jim Talent of Missouri, chaired the Sea Power Subcommittee, currently chairman of the National Leadership Council at the Reagan Institute. Let's now bring it back to this Biden administration, to this idea that it's wrong to say that we've stranded Americans in Afghanistan when clearly we have. Uh, we are talking about people that are now being flown out and they're bragging about it in the administration, even though these people should have been out already. And we don't know if these people are Americans. One of the things that we talk about is propaganda power. And, uh, for example, the Taliban raising their flag a la Iwo Jima and utilizing that, wearing U.S. Uh, military uh, uniforms, the amount of hardware that we left behind, the billions of dollars. How does let's go into how this plays out for our allies, that propaganda as utilized against the French, against uh, the Brits, against the Germans and that relationship with the United States going forward. Well, what, one of the reasons this was so terrible, and this is directly due to the way they bungled the withdrawal, is because they crossed up all of our NATO partners who were in Afghanistan with us. 
In other words, these countries followed our lead. We decided to leave, and so they thought, okay, we're going to leave. We'll be able to get our nationals out. The Americans know what they're doing, and we're not, uh, you know, our governments are not going to get stuck in a situation where our, our nationals can't get out of, uh, of cattle. And then they completely bungled it. They're, by the way, they're bungling the bungling because the wrong thing to do when you have a failure like this is to hide and then make contradictory statements and then, you know, get angry at people who ask you questions. So these governments are taking heat back home. I mean, Boris Johnson had to sit there in the House of Commons for, for seven hours while everybody beat up on him and, and his, uh, his foreign minister for the failures in Afghanistan. He couldn't get a phone call through to Biden. I mean, they're, they're livid. The Germans are livid. I mean, it's, and, and I don't blame them because they trusted that we had some idea what we were doing. Now, you can tell how frustrated I am. I mean, all this is such a terrible, unforced error. Um, and how in the world, if you've decided to, to, to go, that you can't plan it more effectively? I mean, Tony, look, if, if you and your listeners uh, had a discussion about this three or four months ago for 30 minutes, you could have come up with a plan for evacuation, that, that, uh, the outline of a plan that was better than this. Clearly. I mean, would you withdraw the, the, the service personnel before the civilians? There's no rational way that that happens, and it makes people ask, why did Joe Biden do it that way? What, what is the goal here? And I, the only thing I can come up with is he was more interested in the legacy he would create about withdrawal than he was worried about what happens when you withdraw improperly. His focus is out of focus. That, that's been my take. Yeah, I suspect, and of course I don't know this, and there are going to be inquiries, so we'll get a lot more information whether we'll ever really find out. I don't know. I suspect that, you know, he issued this order. They should have been working on a plan before he issued it. And I don't think they ever got, they, they ever initiated and effective what's called the interagency process. I don't want to sound like, you know, using Washington ease here, but it's basically they convene all the agencies that have a stake in this. And this is done by the National Security Council, which would be Jake Sullivan. And then they begin planning together. That is, okay, what, what, are, what are the roles of each of the agencies? How do we coordinate it? How do we time it, et cetera? I don't think that ever happened effectively. So the Department of Defense did its own plan, which was to get out its personnel. And they did that well. I mean, the department's good at that sort of thing. Honestly, said, okay, the, we'll get, when, we'll come up with our own plan. We'll get our people out, and they said, just protect the embassy. And that's why Millie said, press conference a few days, that we were told to protect the embassy. We, we protected the embassy, and I don't think there was any coordination. And that's the job of the White House is to ensure that that's happening because only the White House can do that. I will tell I mean, you right now that you see what I, I'm saying, in other words, yeah, uh, I know. No, I, I, I get no your point. I'm unfortunately up Lincoln up against does. it. Senator, I'm up against the time, but yeah. I do think you're right, and that is even more frightening. We will speak again. Uh, Senator Jim uh, Talent, check out the piece at National Review Online, nationalreview.com. Uh, a fiasco in full is uh, the piece. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz.